the Bermuda Triangle Tourism Board. Come for the tropical weather. Stay because <laughs> you can't leave. I am Anansi, keeper of stories. Settle down while I stir the pot. Join me while I spin a tale. Welcome to Anansi Storytime. I'm your host, Lisa Watson. Today, we have a story about a cat in a hat whose idea of fun that was funny was saying and doing whatever was needed to make his master's fortune. Our story is Puss in Boots, based on a story by Charles Perrault. Our players are Boston Moss, Lynn Parsons, L.J. Donnell, Matt Olaf Hinton, Scooter, Thomas Sixton, and William Wolfe. Please enjoy. Come, sit, listen. I once heard a story that started like this. There once was a miller who had three children. When he died, all he had to leave them were his mill, his mules, and his cat, Puss. As soon as the will had been read, the three children began talking about what they had inherited. He left me the mill because I am the first and best. I will make my fortune. He left me the mules to power the mill because I am the next oldest and the hardest working. He must have wanted us to be partners and to make our fortunes together. And he left me this cat because I am the youngest and the best looking. So, so, so Puss can hunt for us and catch all the mice. Father clearly wanted me to be a partner too. (laughs) 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 No. Oh. The miller's youngest child was a handsome man, but he was not particularly bright. Father always gave you the best of everything. And never made you do any of the work. Now Now you you can can just just go out out into into the world and and seek your your own own fortune. So the miller's youngest son set out on the road with Puss to seek his fortune. He was quickly overcome by his sorrow. Oh, Puss, my father loved me, but now he's dead. And my two siblings are so jealous and cruel. You are all that I have. And when I have killed you and skinned you and made your fur into a muff to warm my hands, I will be all alone in the world. Oh, what shall I do? (laughs) Well, first thing you'll do is forget about skinning me and making my fur into a muff. Trust me, I will make our fortunes. Now you go get me some boots... And a hat. Um, puss? Meow. Why does a cat need boots? I am much too important to walk around barefoot. Just trust me and hush. So, the miller's youngest son got puss a pair of boots and a hat and a bag. And puss looked quite fine in them. He immediately set off to the grocer's shop where he begged some carrots. Puss took the carrots to a meadow. He put out his bag and laid out the carrots in a line leading into it. Then he quietly crouched behind the bag and waited. It wasn't long before a couple of fine young rabbits came along and crunched the carrots until they had walked all the way into the bag. Puss sprang out and closed the bag. Now it's off to the palace.
and Puss went straight to the palace where he demanded to see the king. The porter was so surprised by Puss that he took him straight to the throne room. Hello, Master Cat. How may we help you? Puss took off his hat and bowed to the king. He presented the rabbits. A present, your majesty, from my master, the Marquis de Carabas. Why, thank you, Master Cat, and my thanks to your master. The next day, Puss went to a nearby farmer and begged for a pawful of seeds. He took them to a field at the edge of the forest. He put out his bag and sprinkled the seed around, leading into it. Then he quietly crouched behind the bag and waited. It was not long before a couple of fine young pheasants came along and pecked at the seeds until they had walked all the way into the bag. Puss sprang out and trapped the birds. Now it's off to the palace. And Puss went straight to the palace again where he demanded to see the king. Wow. The porter recognized him and took him in directly. Hello again, Master Cat. Puss took off his hat and bowed to the king. Meow. He presented the pheasants. A present, your majesty, from my master, the Marquis de Carabas. Oh my, I do love pheasant. Thank you, Master Cat. And thanks to your master. Every day after that, Puss would go out and catch some game, which he presented to the king. Meow. The king dearly loved game and grew quite excited about each scrumptious treat that Puss brought him. After a month of this, Puss heard that the king and his daughter would be taking a drive by the lake that day. He hurried off to find the miller's youngest son and hurried him down to the lake. Quick, take off your clothes and get in the water. Puss, are you out of your mind? It's, it's cold and I can't swim. Anyway, I just had a bath last week and... Trust me and hush! Puss made the miller's son strip off his clothes and get in the water. Then he hid the clothing under a rock. Just in time, too, for he heard carriage wheels approaching. Puss ran up the road, waving his hat and crying out, Help! Help! The Marquis de Carabas has been robbed! He is drowning! My master is drowning! Help! Help! Stop the coach! Stop! The Marquis de Carabas, who has sent us such fine game, is in trouble! Puss, what has happened? Robbers, your majesty! They stole everything and dumped my master in the lake! Help! He's drowning! And by this point, the miller's youngest son really was drowning! The king sent his men running all over. He sent some men running to rescue the miller's youngest son. He sent some men running to take his own cloak to the young master. And he sent some men running back to the palace to fetch his second best set of clothes. When the miller's youngest son was dressed, they led him to the king's coach. He was so handsome and looked so fine in the king's second best suit that the king's daughter took one look at him and fell promptly in love. <laughs> Thank you, your majesty. No, no, my dearest Marquis, we are so happy to be able to be of service to such a fine young nobleman, especially one who has sent us such wonderful presents of game by the hand of your admirable cat. I, I, I am happy to have pleased your majesty. Um, Puss, might I have a word with you? No need to thank me, Master, for carrying your gifts to the king and his lovely, young, unmarried daughter? Huh? Ugh, 
You should tell them how much it pleased you to be able to share some of the game from your vast and pleasant hunting grounds. Oh, er, yes, that, um... It goes without saying, of course. And how much you would like it if the king and his lovely, young, unmarried daughter would come dine with you at your castle tonight, tomorrow? Castle? Dinner? That that would be my pleasure, your majesty. Why, we would be delighted. Thank you, my lord. But where is your castle? Uh, just one moment, your majesty. Puss, may I have a little word with you? And the miller's youngest son grabbed Puss and pulled him aside. Castle? Marquis? Puss, are you out of your mind? Yes, master. I will just talk to his majesty's coachman and give him the directions. Then I will run on ahead to direct your servants. No trouble at all. Trust me and hush. Okay. So Puss went to the coachman and told him where to go. The miller's youngest son was left to converse with the king and his daughter as best he could. Fortunately, the king liked the sound of his own voice and spent most of the drive talking about the game Puss had brought him and the various ways of cooking it. And the king's daughter did most of her talking with her eyes, which showed just how much she liked the miller's son. As he admired her, too, he was quite content with that conversation. Meanwhile, Puss ran ahead, cutting across broad loops of the road. He came to an area with vast fields of wheat and many workers cutting the stalks and stacking the sheaves. He called out to the workers. If anyone asks who owns these fields, you must tell them that all these fields and all this wheat belong to my master, the Marquis de Caraba. If you don't, I will chop you all into mincemeat. Now, I will hide back here behind this rock and watch you. But he didn't hide behind the rock. As soon as he was out of sight, he began running again, cutting across broad loops of the road. He came to an apple orchard with many workers picking the apples and filling baskets with them. He called out to the workers. If anyone asks who owns this orchard, you must tell them that all these trees... And all these apples belong to my master, the Marquis de Caraba. If you don't, I will chop you all into mincemeat. Now, I will hide back here behind this tree and watch you. But he didn't hide behind the tree. Again, as soon as he was out of sight, Puss began running. Wherever Puss saw groups of workers, he ordered them to tell the king that the farms or herds or orchards or vineyards they were tending all belonged to his master, the Marquis de Caraba, or else, well... What else? I'll chuck them all into mincemeat! He continued on this way until he reached a great castle. Meanwhile, the miller's youngest son, the king, and the princess were looking at the scenery and enjoying their drive together. Why, I don't believe I have ever been in these lands. These fields seem to go on forever. Stop the coach. I must question these peasants. You there! Peasants! Who owns these fields? And the workers all looked around nervously and answered, Um, er, if it please you, sir... Your Majesty, that is our, our master, master, the Marquis de Really, my lord, I commend you. Most impressive. Why, thank you, Your Majesty. 
They rolled onwards, and eventually they came to the orchard. The king commented upon its size and upon the beauty of the apples being picked. Again, he called out to the coachman to stop. You, peasants, who owns this magnificent orchard? A blessed day to you, your majesty. They, they belong to our master, the Marquis de Caraba. Well, my lord, your lands certainly seem to be prosperous and in good order. Well done, young man. And it was the same wherever they went. Wherever the king saw groups of workers, he asked about the farms, or herds, or orchards, or vineyards. And everywhere he asked, he was told that they belonged to the Marquis de Carabas. Puss had frightened them all, so they didn't dare say anything else. And Puss had been busy. He had arrived at a beautiful castle. This castle belonged to a rich and evil ogre. In fact, the ogre owned all the lands that Puss had claimed as the property of the miller's youngest son. Puss knocked on the door. A servant opened it to ask his business. Why have you come to the castle of the fearsome ogre, Master Cat? Why, I've come to see the fearsome ogre, of course. Is he home? Yes, but he generally doesn't see visitors, especially when he is about to have his dinner. You see me. Why? Are you his dinner? Never you mind. If I can look at a king, I can certainly look at an ogre. Just you go and announce me, or I'll chop you up like mincemeat. Your horrendousness. I present a master cat, uh, curiously wearing boots, to see you, sir. So, you're the saucy puss who threatens my servants. What are you doing here, Master Cat? Did you come to get in my belly? Oh no, great sir. I have often heard that there was a great and magical ogre living here, and I just wanted to see if the rumors were true. Of course they are. What are these rumors? They said that you were the biggest ogre, the fiercest ogre, the ugliest ogre, and the smelliest. Puss knew that this kind of talk greatly pleases most ogres. And? Well? Well? I can see and smell that those are true, your hugeness. But they also said... What? What did they say? They said that you were magical, your odorousness, that you could transform yourself into other creatures. I knew that couldn't possibly be true. No, it is true. I really can do that. Oh, I would dearly love to see that, your ogressness. And on the spot, the ogre turned himself into a lion. Puss pretended to be very frightened until the ogre turned back into himself. So, now you have seen it. Am I not all that is magical and dreadful? Oh, yes, sir. That was wonderful and amazing and terrifying. Except... What? Well, you're so gigantic that it must be easy for you to turn yourself into something enormous, like a lion. Now, it would really be something if you could turn yourself into something small. Say, a mouse? (laughs) I can do that. 
I can do anything! So, the ogre turned himself into a tiny mouse. Puss immediately jumped on the ogre mouse and chomped him up dead in one bite. Then he went to tell the servant guarding the door to go tell all the other servants that the castle now belonged to the Marquis de Carabas, who was having the king and his daughter over for dinner that very evening. When the king arrived, Puss was waiting to greet him. Welcome, your majesty. Welcome to the castle of my master, the Marquis de Carabas. Welcome home, master. Well, this is certainly a most wonderful castle. You are to be congratulated on its beauty and on your wealth, my boy. Thanks. Thanks a lot. They soon went in and ate the ogre's dinner, which was quite delicious. So good was the food and the wine served with it that it completely mellowed the king. Young man, it is seldom that I have ever formed such a good opinion of such a recent acquaintance. But to find a young, unmarried man with your generosity, your good looks, your good sense, and your wealth, well, that is even more unusual in my experience. My boy, how would it be if you were to marry my daughter? I would give you the standard half my money now, and the other half, plus my kingdom, when I die. What say you, lad? There was nothing for the miller's youngest son to say, of course except that he would be happy to marry the king's daughter. I would be happy to marry the king's daughter. (sighs) Which he did, and very happy they were together, indeed. As for Puss, he became a great lord and slept on a silken cushion. He had his own servants to hunt for him, and he never again caught another mouse. Except for fun. I hope you enjoyed the tale. When you return... Perhaps I will tell you another. This episode was brought to you by Medusa's Snake Oil Emporium. Come check out their new downtown store. Which city, you ask? Yours! Just go to the first store you find marked. Do not enter. Snake's inside. Trust us, it's not completely unsafe. We have cures for whatever ails you, especially if what ails you is life. From poisonous lotions to incense that gives off toxic fumes. That's Medusa's Snake Oil Emporium. 10 out of 10 doctors say don't use our products. The Tale of Puss in Boots was written by Terry Barston. For more information on Anansi Storytime, visit us at spiderstorytime.com. Please review us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever we're available. It goes a long way to help people find us. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. Ah, where'd he get get that hen? That hen, I want more of that hen. It was so good and juicy, and I couldn't believe the salmon. It was amazing with asparagus and almonds and butter. Mmm, yes. Oh, and quail egg omelet. Ooh, with those fresh scallions. Oh, ooh, porcupine, porcupine, porcupine with apple. Oh, that was amazing. And then and badger. I can't believe he had badger. Oh, that was so good. Oh, I've never had badger like that before. And then armadillo. There was armadillo I saw. I've never had armadillo. Crunchy, crunchy armadillo.